spirit is rising, she's rising, she's rising. The spirit is rising, it's rising, it's rising. The spirit is rising, they're rising, they're rising. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Amy. Hi, Risa. Um, welcome home to the Missing Witches Prescription, where we tell each other how we're going to survive another week in Late Stage Capital. Yes, it's where we come to talk about what we're feeling hopeful about um, under the weight of all of the things out there that we're not feeling hopeful about. And this is our like safe space to be joyful and pensive. And again, like think about the things that are giving us hope. Think about the things that are making us feel free Mm -hmm. alive yeah I mean and honestly our friendship Amy has really been this like tesseracting unfolding thing of like I I get to be honest in this context about the fucking magic I see in my life (laughs) and so the prescription episodes for me are really like a weekly update on things I don't want to forget that we're truly of the enchantment of the world yeah, I'm not, um, those of you who are listening um, who are um, paid members of the coven, you have access to our, our coven space, which is like our independent social media. Yeah. And it's honestly like the only social media that I really use now because it is that safe space to be like, hey, check me out. I'm amazing. Or, yeah. hey, uh, check out this magic that like no one on Facebook or Instagram would like not roll their eyes at. It's like this like eye roll free place. <laughs> you know? Eye roll free since 2003. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even just to be like, I need support of a kind that is immeasurable. Like, can you please send me your magic? Put me on your altar. Hold yeah. me. Hold yeah. me in your care. You know, like that kind of thing. For sure. And that, I mean, that yeah. goes with the eye rolling too. Sometimes when you are, are are in other spaces and you want to be vulnerable and you want to ask for help, you get the same eye roll as if you would say like, I made magic or yeah or something like that. So again, this is like, this space that uh, we have come to call home and um for those of you who are paid subscribers and have not checked out this space yet please do so check your email for an invitation or email us if you can't find it and uh and we'll resend it because this is again part of the prescription i think is to be in community with people who aren't going to fucking roll their eyes at you because you're too sad or too happy or too weird or not weird enough or or whatever it is so Mm -hmm. that's part of my prescription this week and maybe I'll dive into the song that I brought too because it's part of that um so Risa and I are taking a little break um part of the prescription is to be in community and part of the prescription (laughs) is to fuck off (laughs) to take a break Uh, um we're like sort of inventing an anti-capitalist business model as we go along and and it can be quite compelling to get caught up in the drive of being productive but you know Risa and I are always joking that we 
we advocate for each other against each other. So I'll be like, I can do this and that and this and that. And Reese will be like, no, yeah. why don't you just do this and that? And leave we have to do that, that for each other all the time. Amy the other day was like, oh, I'll schedule the meeting for the next recording for the day I get back from my 10 days in Scotland <laughs> after a 12 hour flight. We were both like, does it sound right when you no, say it out you, loud? <laughs> you were like, it doesn't sound right. I was like, yeah. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. <laughs> Again, we've all been brainwashed by this sense of like our productivity is, is a reflection of our value as human beings. Right. And, and it's our job to like, to, um, to convince each other that, that that's not the case. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to Scotland this is a trip that has been in the making for years. Um, those of you who know me well know that um, my spouse and I uh, cared for my father who had dementia for 10 years until he died. And with his death came sorrow, but also a great relief. And so we started making plans. He, my spouse was born in Glasgow. And there are many members of his extended family that I've never met before. And my father died and sort of those shackles came off. And then immediately it became a pandemic. Like my father died. And then like six months later, the whole world shut down. And then um, my spouse was in a really bad car accident. Um, he was concussed and, it, you know. So oh, fingers crossed we actually make it this time again. This is this trip has been a long time planning, but I wanted to bring one of my favorite Scottish albums to sort of celebrate that and send myself off gloriously yes. like that. And this particular song, some of you may recognize because it's sort of like the theme song that we chose when we're doing reels for our May fundraiser. So the band is Primal Scream and the song is Come Together. And it really is this like glorious, the backing vocals are gospel-y, but it's like um, a laid back kind of dance song. It really, it really is for, for every mood. Um, but most of the lyrics are come together. Oh, 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 come together, come together, come together, come together. And Again, I, I love the song just as, you know, a piece of music, but I also love it as a prayer. Mm. Um, we need to come together. We need to fight every day against this sense of individualism that has been ingrained in us and basically like ruined society. <laughs> we need each other. We need to come together and one of the lyrics is like I'm free you're free I, I want you to touch me and I mean this could be physically but also like uh, touching someone emotionally you know giving them something that changes their day or changes their moment or disrupts their brainwashing of, of capitalism and and um and uh, individualism so I really would love for you to listeners put this song on primal scream come together and just think about how you can resist individualism how you can bring community into your life again whether that's in our coven space or with your family or your neighbors one of my greatest gifts has been my relationship with neighbor neighbor fred 
um, <laughs> who, you know, is, is a man in his 70s. And you would think that we have nothing in common, but we'll sit down and have a coffee together and chat for an hour. And it's made me feel more at home in my home to have this, this relationship with like an actual neighbor. When you live in the woods, usually, you know, your neighbors are spread quite far apart, but Fred is just a stone's throw away. And he's an old man, you know, he's, I mean, I, I don't want to say too much, but he he's not well, you know. Um, so we will take his dog with us when we take our dog on long walks and bring him baked goods and he'll give us stuff from his garden. It really has made my life so much better to have like a neighbor bestie. And that's something that I, I didn't have a lot, like living in the suburbs growing up. It's sort of just this like sprawling silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I I hated I hated living in the suburbs I, I've said this before that I, I can happily live in the city or the country but the suburbs felt so stifling to me anyway I fully lost track of what I was saying but my point is like make friends with a neighbor try that like that's part of my prescription let's see if you can like build a relationship with someone who you have nothing in common with except for like a little geography yeah, I'm definitely, you know, still glowing from and still finding mud in places from my recent act of IRL community. Uh, a lot of our summer will be like that. We just got back from Mariposa, which is the original of the Canadian, these weird Canadian folk festivals. There's really nothing like them. They're They're these sort of anarchist but very well organized you know art family happenings with these strong hippie political roots these roots in music for the people um but that got really like transformed by like singer songwriter storytelling culture from the 60s mariposa was like I mean, Gordon Lightfoot's stage for 20 years or longer, but this is also like Joan Baez's stage, Neil Young's stage, Buffy St. Marie, like this was home base to so many voices of resistance and community, um, people who put magic into song about their anger and their sorrow and their hope and so being immersed in that, like literally camping in the mud, crammed in with a field of, you know, old lesbians and young hippie families and, you know, corporate dad who's busted out his tie-dye for the weekend and everyone just really so taking care of each other and loving each other. It was so fun. And, you know, I just ran around with my little kid in that world for a weekend and doing those types of festivals with a kid means that like when the headliners are on you're back in your tent and the campground is kind of quiet because everyone's over at the main stage and you know you're in your little glowy bubble curled up with your little sleepy kid who like hits the rocks so quick because <laughs> she's exhausted and then from across the the little bay of the lake I hear Tegan and Sarah's I was walking with a ghost 
which I had on repeat like 20 years ago when this song came out. And it's so this is the prescription. I've been listening to this song and I've been, and I guess also my birthday is this weekend. So it's always this time of year where I feel like I am walking right next to versions of myself. You know, like I get closer to ghosts this time of year, the ghosts that are ancestor me and and ancestors who kind of gather around at this time of year to check in, I guess it feels like. And then hearing a song that I was, was a real earworm for me when I was in such a different place. And then to hear it there lying with my kid and, and to feel the ghosts of all the people who have contributed to these acts of community, all of these musicians, and then the whole trail through Mariposa around the, the Bay of Lake Couchiching and Lake Simcoe is benches with memory markers so the entire every bench for this whole like curling bike path has a different message different story about someone who's gone so you are sitting with these ghosts and may was telling every single person did you notice did you notice these are wishing benches you sit with them and you make a wish to the person who's there and she knows her grandmother just had a bench dedicated so she wanted to send pictures to family members and tell them so it really felt like we were in the presence of a lot of loving ghosts this weekend and I think if you the like Tegan and Sarah if you don't know this band imagine like a mix of like Robin and Taylor Swift if they were twin lesbians from Calgary <laughs> and then like nailed it <laughs> and then like bop so hard like you know they they took like two years off to just dedicate themselves to their foundation supporting queer kids after trump's election they're they're quite badass fucking i'm on board um and yeah they're they're a summer bop for me for sure and the lyrics in that song and the white stripes cover is great too, but the like that you're you're walking with a ghost and you're saying please don't insist, you know that I don't know I've always had that kind of relationship with ghosts where I have a very firm boundary like I don't want to see anything. I have you know constantly repeated safety bubbles around me. I feel like my mental health cannot withstand certain intrusions into reality. I would like all of my hauntings to come channeled out when I'm talking or to come in writing. I can't really handle seeing anything. So that please don't insist is very real for me. <laughs> like that's that's how I keep my mental health separate. I really think is like how I keep my magical thinking in line, how I keep my witchcraft in a container kind of, you know. It's like, don't insist, don't push this through. I need to stay in this version, but I, I have these ways. Like, I know there's a ghost there. <laughs> I'm willing to say that much, but please don't insist. Anyway, there's so much I, I love about that bop of a song and really relate to in the lyrics. So that's in my prescription for this yeah. week, for sure. And we have cabin mates who are channelers. Um, and they often talk about creating these boundaries and creating safe spaces within the other world that they can also go to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this is important lesson, an important lesson for like 
the material and the immaterial to create boundaries, but with gates that open to build fences, but with swinging gates, if that right. makes sense. Um, so yeah, whether it be ghosts or neighbors or friends or lovers, let's come together and make connections, but in healthy ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, um, ambivalence is also in my other song for the prescription this week. Um, so I sort of stumbled upon this artist, um, Joanna Sternberg. They're non-binary, autistic um, person, multi-instrumentalist, incredible layered composer, like lifelong musician, family of professional musicians and performers, grew up in this building I, I want to learn more about in Manhattan that is like a co-op dedicated only to artists. And it's been around since the 70s. You can only live there if you're a musician and an artist. They still live there with their parents. Um, it's amazing that that has survived into the 21st century. Wow. Good for them. I know. Um and this song, it, it's so sweet and so tricky. It's called I've Got Me. I've got me in the morning. <laughs> it's like delightful. And then there's the twist, you know, where it's like all of my self-deprecation, you know, the way it can lead towards self-hate, like constantly that that balance of like, I'm here, I'm here for me. And also it's always me. And like, I always have to deal with me. That balance is so perfectly encapsulated in this like joyful, tense song. And I admire the ability to twist those, that very human experience of that thing together so beautifully. So I've been dancing around to that one all morning. And I just want to share that, you know, when we're, I don't know, it feels like there's like these, these sunny days and everything's bursting into flower and like there can be just sort of this message from social media and the world that like, I don't know, we're drinking cocktails and we're on vacation and like not everything is okay not all of us are okay. Not we're none of us are all the way okay. The world is profoundly broken, profoundly unsafe. Clicking into these like suddenly like summer narratives doesn't heal or protect us from the crumbling foundations in some of our families or social structures. But you do have you in all the complicated fucked upness of ourselves like you have that guardian that is you you have that deep cellular survival impetus you have you you're 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 always there you know you're not alone there's there's that sort of multiplicity of you-ness that you will be wrestling with your whole life but that's comforting too I think Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big believer in um, being one's own best friend. Mm. Um, because 
I'm the only one I'm stuck with forever. You know, as much as we might loathe to think of it, family members go, friends, lovers, people come and go. And the only person that is always here for me or against me, depending on my mood and, you know, my, the state of my mental health is me. Yeah. I have to be right with me. I am the only person that I'm stuck with. I'm the only one that has to look in the mirror and see this face and, you know, deal with the ramifications of my actions or, or whatever it is. And so I really, as much as the first part of my prescription was about, you know, building community and coming together, of course, we are witches. We live on both sides of the coin. The other part of that is like recognizing I'm the only one that I'm stuck with forever. I'm the only one that's always going to be there for me or, or not, yeah. but I'm the only one that's always going to be there. So I need to make that relationship right. Yes. Yeah. How do I parent myself? How do I like big up myself? You know, um, how do I advocate for myself and give yeah. myself space to rest or weep or be vulnerable or make a mistake or fail? Mm-hmm. all of these things all yeah of these things. and that is it is walking with the ghost too right it is that all, uh, I've got me it's that that ghost is always there and sometimes you know we need to ask them not to insist with whatever what whatever version of me is there sometimes she's like 23 and it's like don't fucking make that mistake again <laughs> or whatever um or sometimes she's like please make that mistake again we love that one (laughs) and I think we're we're all sort of haunted by the ghosts of our former selves and part of like growing maturing is, is to forgive those ghosts for the mistakes that they made and and be grateful for the mistakes that they made because everything every success and every failure has brought you to this place and if you're happy in this place if you are happy in this place um then every single thing good or bad brought you here and so it's all good yeah forgive Uh, you know these ghosts come to me in the night like remember when you said this thing that was embarrassing or remember when you you messed that thing up Yes, they I do the come. I do the audible gasp on the bus all the time. <laughs> For some reason, public transit brings out those ghosts in me. Like the other night, literally, my spouse and I were getting ready for bed. We were lying in bed, and I was like, "Oh," and he was like, "Are you okay? What happened?" I was like, "Oh, I just thought about something that happened twenty years ago." Yeah, <laughs> like you say, like I exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I just said something dumb two decades ago. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Those ghosts, we we don't need to let those ghosts insist on being the only voice in the room. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I'm really trying to anchor my patience and my love of the present moment with all of its, you know, downed walls. I'm looking out at, you know, partially completed renovations and mad to-do lists and stuff and also really remember like I said anchor myself with the version of the ghost that's myself from 40 years from now you know like I like to imagine them too that they're walking with me and just just being like 
these will be some of the greatest memories of your life. Like, don't, don't blink, you know, don't, don't miss this mess. Like every day with the kid, she gets older. Don't miss it. You know, just enjoy the fork, enjoy the muck, get right in it. Just, just be there so that all of us can have these memories as deep in our skin as we possibly can. And I mean, we as like all of these ghosts of myself, you know, they're like reminding me right now, like be as joyful and patient and honest and as excited as you can right now. You know, you're writing a fucking, you're releasing a book, you're making a deck, you get to spend time with your kid in a muddy campground, like just, just breathe. We can delight in the mess mm -hmm. if we put ourselves in into that good headspace. Mm -hmm. We can delight in the mess. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, so we're taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of delighting in the mess, so there will be no RX for two weeks, the next two Mondays. Um, there will be a really lovely episode for Lammastide. A really beautiful conversation. I'm really. so excited for you all to hear this conversation. It really just listen to it. <laughs> yeah. And then August, we will sort of be in break mode, but also sort of in super ramp up excited mode for New Moon Magic, which comes out September 12th. And so we'll be releasing special episodes with little audio previews from that book. Um, and we'll be announcing giveaways for if you have pre-ordered the book. So if you've already pre-ordered it, keep your receipt. Um, if you're pre-ordering it as we speak, that's very cool. Uh, keep your receipt also. But we'll have more information about that in August. And Mark and I are going to get married again, as I've mentioned before, for the third and fourth time we're going to get married. Um, so a chunk of August, we will just be hosting and playing music and celebrating love. So yeah, that's what our summer kind of looks like. Yeah, And of course, we are also gearing up for what, what number are we at? Season eight, season nine? Write in and tell us what season <laughs> we're what season are we on of the Missing Witches podcast. I think it's you know, eight. Our our original format returns for for spooky season, and um, we we already have our 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 list going of the the witches that we will be profiling and writing about and talking about. So again, we're super excited about that. There's a lot happening. So yeah. Yeah. We that was the other break. <laughs> yeah. That was the other thing I was thinking about when I was when I was walking with the ghost so much this week was like the ghost is also the to-do lists, right? It's also the like mm. version of me that keeps me up at night. That's this like, did you remember this though? But have you worried about this recently? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I also need to ask that ghost to not insist. Amy and I were supposed to have a meeting or something a couple of days ago, and it was gray outside. I think we're both very affected by that. And Amy was like, I need to like not talk this morning if that's okay. And I was like, I need to just lie in bed and look at my to-do lists, <laughs> like reorganize <laughs> them and update them. That's the story. <laughs> that's the, the whole prescription story. is come together with your ghosts. Yeah. 
And take a fucking break. Take a fucking break. And blessed fucking be. And blessed fucking be. Me. If you want to support the Missing Witches Project, find out how at missingwitches.com.